0: Hello and welcome to the PMDD podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Adriana Tanto, also known as Fudge. I am super excited to bring more awareness to this subject. So let's get straight into it. Firstly, a disclaimer. I am not a medical health expert. I would like to warn listeners that there will be some sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because everyone is unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. In this episode, we have a beautiful guest by the name of Ali, and she has come on to share her journey with PMDD. Please share this episode with anyone that you may think needs to listen. Here is episode two. I am so excited to have this next guest on. I, when I first posted about the podcast, I had Ali reach out to me straight away, um, putting up her hand very, very bravely to share her story. So here she is, Ali. Thank you so much for being here.
1: You're so welcome. It's great to be here.
0: I do want to ask first off, how old are you?
1: I'm 29.
0: So we're here to talk about PMDD. Uh, When were you diagnosed?
1: So I was only diagnosed a few months ago um, by my doctor through my psychologist. So I've been seeing a psychologist for maybe eight months now and she's amazing. And I've seen many in the past and she was she picked up on it pretty much straight away and contacted my doctor and then I went in and um, had a consult with the, my GP and, yeah, they they diagnosed me, she diagnosed me.
0: So talk me through the psychology, like how did she sort of pick up, What like what signs were coming through?
1: So I would come in to a session during my hell time, I would say, and I would be like, I really want to, like, move. I don't really love my partner anymore. I really want to leave him. Um, everyone's really annoying me, blah, blah, blah. And then I would go in on, like, my good two weeks and I would be like, oh, I can't wait to have kids. Like, my partner and I are really, like, talking about having kids and I love everyone. And, oh, I'm really happy with where I am now. And she was just like, whoa, you're all over the shop um and yeah just started talking to me about that and then we did the um the cycle chart of you know every day kind of track where you are and and yeah it was like a few months after that that it was it was confirmed
0: so she knew what pmdd was
1: yes wow okay cool. Yeah. that's so yeah. cool um yeah. and
0: so what was the process so tell me about what happened when you went to the gp
1: um. Yeah, so the GP, like, she's so lovely. And one thing I definitely want to recommend is to go and see a GP that specialises in women's health mm. because she knew what PMDD was and then I had to go just to a random doctor because she was unavailable. And I mentioned PMDD to this male doctor and he had absolutely no idea what it was. Mm. Like, I had to explain it to him And it just broke my heart because I was like, how many women have come into your office and you have just said they've got anxiety, you you know, they're anxious or depressed or whatever it is, Um, which is what's happened to me since I was 13.
0: So uh, talk me through that. What did he say? He he was
1: just like, oh, sorry, what? Like what's PMDD? And I had to be like, is this a joke? Like, Mm. like what's going on? And then I explained it to him and then he was like, oh, I've never even heard of that. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, you should research it because it's actually really, (laughs) it's actually a really, it's it's real. And he was like, oh, didn't know. And then we just went on about whatever I was there for. So it was just mind boggling for me. And anyone that I've spoken to about it, the only, like the only people that know about it have been my psychologist and my doctor. Wow, and I've and I've I've been really open to talking to women about it, and they're like, "Never heard of it."
0: So, what did your GP just prescribe after that?
1: Um, She was really um, understanding that I've had a really bad history with um, antidepressants, so I was prescribed antidepressants when I was in my early twenties, and they did nothing. Um, but it took me about three years to come off them and I had like horrendous withdrawals. Um, and it was just horrific. So much so that I've I don't ever want to go back on antidepressants or any type of drug because I think my body is so, has such an addictive personality that even even though the antidepressants weren't working, I couldn't get off them and if I didn't take them every day at the same time it was just yeah I'd be wiped out for the afternoon and it was awful
0: okay so she so she sort of spoke about the antidepressants
1: yeah so she was like you know that's an option or you know you you can continue to see your psychologist and start um you know doing more regular exercise and start keeping a journal and just um I guess, track your cycle, because that was one thing I wasn't doing. When I was in my hell week, mm. that was all that I felt. I could never see that my life was good. I couldn't, I couldn't remember times when I was happy. I couldn't think of times when everything was okay and I didn't feel like, I don't love this word, but I didn't feel crazy.
0: Mm.
1: And then when I was in my good space, I was like, woo, this is amazing, like top of the world, everything's great. And so it was, really, it was really hard for me for a really long time to work out the changes in my cycle and the changes in my behaviour until I was diagnosed. Mm, mm.
0: So, so tell me about Hell Week.
1: So unfortunately Hell Week is a long time for me. Um, I have PCOS. Um, So, my cycle's about 45 days. Um, So, from day... Whoa, whoa, whoa. 45 days? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I have a 45-day cycle. So, from, just to start from the beginning, I guess, on day about 15 till day 10 of my next cycle. No, hold on. From day 15 till about day 5, that's my health cycle. And then from day five till fifteen, that's my good one and a half weeks. Good
0: one and a half weeks. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So during that hell time, let's put mm-hmm. it, what's what's going on?
1: Um, I mean, it's not great. Mm. Um, it's I start feeling really sad. I start having um, repetitive negative thoughts. Um, I start to really look at my life and just, you know, love to tell myself how much of a failure I am in everything that I do. That's when I want to, you know, like have a huge career change. That's when I want to do something really radical and crazy. Um, That's also when I get very maternal which is really bizarre, and I, like, look, I search to buy, like, a cat or a dog or a bird or a pig or, like, anything, and I get really obsessive about it. Like, I'm, like, this is what will help me. I have an incredible dog in the next room. Like, I don't need anything more than what he can give because he's just the best dog in the world. But in that time I get so, like, this will. This is what will help me wild and so I'll say to my partner I'm gonna get a fish and he's like no you're not because like let's just ride this wave because in three days time you won't think about it and and it's true I stopped thinking about it after about three days until the next cycle and then I'm like I'm gonna get a pig and then I start researching and contacting people yes it's it's mental it's so it's so hardcore
0: well yeah well I've I don't think I've actually heard that symptom before <laughs> that's I mean
1: I'm, nuts. I'm I'm putting it as PMDD because it's it happens every single cycle um but yeah and then I guess I just get yeah like I really want to leave my partner mm-hmm. I start gnarly fights with him um I get really erratic I get really I go from zero to 100 with anger and I think before I was diagnosed I just really thought that I had depression all the time always anxious, and that I just had this low-level anger inside of me that would just appear out of nowhere and that maybe, yeah, I just had, like, a bit of an anger issue, but it's not that because when I'm good, I'm great. It's just in that time, and it's not the whole time throughout that whole three and mm. a half, four weeks. It's It really does kind of ebb and flow, I guess
0: these symptoms do they sort of suddenly come on because you know we we do speak to other women and for myself as well with PMDD it's like a switch that kind yeah. of happens so is it a switch like thing for you yeah. or is it ease yeah. in
1: no no it's a switch so mine started like 2 days ago and i was driving in the car with my younger sister and she just like she dropped something in the car like nothing like a bottle of water that the lid was on and i was like I just think instant rage just overtook me. This poor, like my poor sister. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. And I think that's one thing that because I wasn't diagnosed since like I've only been diagnosed very recently. Um I think that it's been really hard because I've hidden a lot of my symptoms and I've hidden a lot of how I felt from everyone because I've just thought you're crazy. is something wrong with you you are not well but I've just I guess done a really good job at hiding it because if you spoke to anyone that I knew they would say oh she's really outgoing she's really like I don't know you know she's happy she seems happy all the time she's constantly laughing but yeah it's, it's tricky
0: I do want to highlight something that you said just then that you did you say that you're like day two into hell time?
1: Or well, day three now, I think, yeah.
0: Okay, day three. So can I just say how courageous you are to come on?
1: <laughs> but, this, but this is the thing because I've gotten so used to hiding and masking my emotions and my symptoms and how I'm feeling because because i I didn't know I was just like, don't know what's going on but I've just got to survive so like let's just roll with this so yeah I'm really really good at pretending like everything's okay. Mm.
0: So since being diagnosed and knowing that you have PMDD how has just even having the awareness of PMDD helped you in the last few months?
1: Like nothing I ever could describe honestly like when the when my doctor told me I just burst into tears and I've just given myself so much like I've just forgiven myself so much because for so long it's just like there's something wrong with you you're not normal like you can't control your emotions why are you crying all the time why do you want to leave your beautiful like loving partner like You know, so I've really just gone. It's okay. Like, there's actually something wrong, and it's not your fault.
0: Hmm. Now you do speak. You do speak a bit about your partner. So, I guess I I do want to go into sort of the impact PMDD has had on the people around you. So, I mean, you did touch upon it before, but if you can talk a little bit more.
1: So Brad, um, we've been together for nearly six years mm-hmm. and he is really lovely. Um, but for so long, because like I said, I wasn't diagnosed, I would start up these really big fights and he would retaliate because he would be like, well, like what? I'm so Like, why are we having this fight? And it, then it would become this fight. Whereas now it's like, he just goes, it's okay. Like. You know, it's just this part of the cycle where you say you're going to leave me and then we just roll with it and it's kind of just become this joke, which is unfair for him, but he does a pretty good job at um, helping me, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I think because, you know, he's my first serious boyfriend. So for so long I've been alone, so I've been able to really mask, like I said, and hide from the world but he really cops the brunt of it, which I think so many partners would because when you're out in public, you have to sort of be a certain way. And then when you come home, that's when you can like release all the emotion of the day. And so, yeah, poor, poor Brad gets, gets a lot. <laughs>
0: So I guess like going back to your psychologist and your GP, have they sort of given you any tools or resources or anything to maybe give to Brad or, you know, what things have you sort of done to get to the point where he is understanding, I guess?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we're in the early stages of that, like, you know, showing him the cycle chart and sending him links and things like that. Um, I mean, I can't wait for him to listen to episodes of your podcast because I think that will really help him um Brad's really wonderful in so many ways and I do think that um getting a better understanding of my PMDD will actually really help him um because there are times in my cycle where I just need to be alone so like every night after dinner I'm like I'm out see ya and I go to bed and he's just like can't we watch a movie can't we spend some time together I'm like I do not want to spend any time with you because I really don't like you. And he's just like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll, but then I'll come in like two hours later, and I'm like, mm, what are you doing? Like, because I, you know, feel really bad. But having that separation is really important for me. I need to be alone um, to decompress. I guess all my big feelings that I have.
0: Mm, and so tell me what you do like you know in this alone time I guess like what is it that you're doing are you going sort of out for a walk or is it maybe just reading like what helps you to like self-regulate I guess
1: um I it's probably not great but I like to watch things that I've already seen before like on Netflix like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Office um, in the comfort of my bed, where I feel safe and I can escape from the world for a little bit. That's that's what I like to do. I would okay. love like to say I read and I paint and I do. I journal, but like no, nah, I'm just watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine or The Office.
0: Oh, and you know what, that honesty is what we need here. So if, if, if honestly, if you're going back to your partner, after watching a couple of episodes after that, and you know, getting yeah. back in the nook, I think, this, <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. So yeah, amazing. So um, we've spoken about sort of your partner now, what I mean, you did mention a sister.
1: So I've got three sisters. I've got a sister older than me and then two younger. Yeah, and we're all spaced out like crazy. So my older sister's the, I want to say 39 this year. Yeah, 39. Um, sorry if it's not right. 39 this year and then me, 29, and a 23-year-old and then a 14-year-old. So we're all really spaced out. Yeah, and I think they, they're aware that, Maybe I get, like, quite, like, irritated quite quickly, Um, but they're only just learning that I've got PMDD because for so... But this is one thing I think um, I'm quite ashamed about when I did find out about PMDD was when I looked it up, it just looks so intense, Mm. like, and it was also, like, when I tell people about it, I'm really opening up myself to be quite vulnerable and be like... Haha, ha, surprise, tricked you all. I'm actually really fucked. <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah. So I think, and there's so many things on there that I'm like, I've hidden for so long mm. that to finally open up and be really truthful about what I'm, who I really am is actually really, has been really challenging. So I don't really, like sometimes I'll even go, I've got PMDD and my friends will go, oh, what does that mean? I'm like, it's just PMS, but like on steroids. And they're like, okay, but I don't ever, like sometimes I don't really want to dive into it because I guess, yeah, I've been holding on to this secret, I guess, for a really long time.
0: And it is still for you. It's quite an early diagnosis and everything. Absolutely, and you're you're also just you know wrapping your head around it. So totally, that makes complete sense. So can I ask, um, what is it that you sort of do for? Do you you know? Do you work at the moment? Is it it affect? Like, are you in a sort of, in a you know, a job or a workplace?
1: I am just starting back at work. I have never been able to work very well for other people. Um, I've always sort of Worked for myself because um, I can only let myself down. I don't really like to let other people down. I guess so. I owned uh, a babysitting agency for seven years, and then I very like recently sold it in April. Um, and so then I had a couple of months off, which has been amazing. And especially around um, being diagnosed, it's been really great. Like I've been going to acupuncture, and I've been, you know, yeah, seeing my psychologist and seeing a naturopath and getting really into um, a fitness routine, which has been like life-changing for me and my mental health for sure. Um, But, yeah, so I think now that I'm stepping back into work, I'm going to do disability support work because, again, you're not necessarily really working. You don't have a boss hanging over you and things like that. I could never do an office or nine-to-five job.
0: Knowing where I was in my cycle and everything, I sort of had to, you know, book meetings and everything around that. Did you sort of feel like you needed to do that as well? Or is maybe your diagnosis a little bit too was it
1: It came a little bit too late. late. But yeah. but looking back at it, um, because I had a, like quite a large team of babysitters working for me. Um, so there are times that I look back that I'm like, I think I maybe overreacted when that you know um babysitter said that she wasn't available to work because I was in I, I was in the hell hell time so i would maybe get a little bit more frustrated with her
0: we have touched upon things that are working for you so run through those again so you've been j- journaling and you did sort of mention acupuncture as well so tell me yeah. how that has been because i've definitely had some amazing experiences with that
1: yeah, so I see, um, if anyone's on the Gold Coast, I see Bonnie from Muir in Carumban and she is amazing. She's just like, oh, she's just so lovely. And she's been really good with um, just being, a, even just having a space where I can just talk to mm-hmm. someone that doesn't know me and doesn't really know my family or whatever. But um, I've really noticed that that's made a big difference. Um, and then, yeah, seeing my naturopath um, Brooke from Good Kind, she's also really great. Um, unfortunately, I don't take the supplements that she gives me as much as I should because they are disgusting. <laughs> but I'm trying. I am trying, and I think um, so. For me, for example, I hate waking up really early. I get really anxious the night before if I have to wake up. Uh, so I found a boot camp that is at 9:15 in the morning, and it's a bunch of mums. And like I used to be a nanny, I used to be babysitter. I love kids. I love moms, they're my jam. And so I just go there and I hang out with these amazing women and we have a laugh and everyone's really kind and beautiful. So I think yeah those things have definitely been been like instrumental to my um, to my like lowering my or you know getting rid of the symptoms each month for sure.
0: I do, I do want to start asking this question. Do you feel like what's it, what positives have come out of being diagnosed with PMDD?
1: The biggest positive for me um, is going back to just giving myself that forgiveness mm-hmm. and going, okay, like this is, this is not you, this is just a part of the cycle you're gonna get through it. You get through it every other month or every other two months, like you've got it, you've got this, you know. And um, I think just being really aware, whereas before I would be so stuck in the moment, like in my hell time, I would be like, I've never felt happiness. How did I even get out of bed? Like, oh my goodness, I would just be so I couldn't see, it was like I was stuck, and then it was the same thing when I was really happy and everything was normal. Um, I would just be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm killing it. I'm doing really well. And then when it would come, I'd be like, what's going on? Like yesterday I was amazing. Why am I crying today? Like why am I so emotional and why am I this, why am I that? And so then, yeah, then I would just get really stuck in those times. Mm. So
0: now that you're starting to become, I guess, a bit more aware of what happens during hell time, like are you telling yourself something? Are you stopping to breathe? Like when it's all come, like I I say it's like the walls are caving in on me and, you know, as soon as that starts happening and I start actually getting a really hot chest as well and like and my neck starts flaring up and that's my physical sign of, ooh, you need to do something do you get something like is there a physical thing that's happening for you
1: yeah I think it it feels like the anger the switch um is pretty much my first sign I would say and then um I wouldn't say it feels like a dark cloud comes over because that's that isn't how it feels but it definitely feels like things feel different I look at something and I'm like, that doesn't look the same way it did yesterday. Just everything feels and seems a, a bit off. And, I mean, during, because I have such a long period mm. where I am not feeling great, it does, for me, and I know everyone's different, it does come in waves. So I might have a really great day, but I think what... But then, yeah, but then, like, the next day I can be really low. And I think that can also... Um, correlate with when I'm high or when I'm with friends or when I'm proactive Mm. I like hold everything in and then the next day that's when I have to release it because you know otherwise it just keeps bottling up Mm.
0: Mm. so how do you how do you release it
1: oh I I shed some tears (laughs) I will cause a fight I will just feel really sorry for myself mm. like no one's ever felt as sad as, as sad as i felt that sort of thing mm. um but not anymore not now that i've been diagnosed yes and I, like i say to myself this is not forever you're entitled to these feelings because they're big feelings but we're gonna have a cry and then we're gonna just we have to move on and no more like no more telling your partner that it's it's time for him to leave like it's been 6 years he's not going anywhere like he you know like stop pretending and stop feeling like it's over and i think one one thing my psychologist said because i've i would go in quite a few times and say like that's it i'm leaving i can't do it anymore i can't do this to him like it's really unfair he didn't sign up to be with like me i'm so crazy or whatever she said and it and it's really stuck with me like no matter who you're with No matter where you go, your feelings will stay how they are. It doesn't matter. You could be with, I don't know, another guy and you're going to still feel like this. It's not him. It's Mm. actually you. And I'm like, righto. Righto, Sydney. (laughs) Like, thanks. Thanks. But it it made everything so much clearer for me because I'm like, okay, maybe we just have to continue to ride this wave together. and when it's good, because when it's good, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was something that I really wanted to talk about because I fully understand and appreciate people who have bipolar, schizophrenia or, like, really heavy mental health issues because when you're in, when I'm in Hell Week and when I'm, like, that's it, I'm leaving, Mm -hmm. I cannot express to you how real it feels. I'm like, no, I'm never not going to feel this. Like, this is how I feel. And then three days later I'm like, we need to get married. Like, I love you so much. (laughs) And honestly, I just don't know how he puts up with it, but he does.
0: People that don't have PMDD that are listening in, it really takes – Um, a lot of courage and bravery to come on. So I am so grateful that you reached out. I am so grateful that we've connected. Thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. It was so lovely to have Ali share her story, especially as she is in the early stages of her diagnosis. It is important that we share everyone's story, no matter where they are at and what their journey is about. To the beautiful women that are listening in, that are still struggling with PMDD, you are not alone. There is great help out there and I do hope to share these in upcoming episodes. For those that may suspect they have PMDD, please see your GP and also check out the iapmd.org website for more information. I'll pop it into the show notes. If you are thriving with PMDD, first of all, high five. And if you would like to come on and share your story, please email me at the Podcast at gmail.com. Stay up to date by hitting that subscribe or follow button. And lastly, my ultimate mission with this podcast is to raise awareness about PMDD. So if you know someone that may benefit from hearing this, then please do share with them or be bold and beautiful and share across your social media. Much love and thank you for tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you soon.